Today's interview is a live stream chat with dating coach Elizabeth Abramson. We had such a fun conversation talking about money and dating. We discussed topics such as when should the people start talking about finances, how early that should be, is the guy cheap or just frugal, should you split the check on a date, how to marry a millionaire, or should we wait till you're financially secure before getting married? And also some other fun topics. What if the woman makes more than a man? How should you handle that? So I hope you enjoyed this show, and I really had a great time doing this. So thank you, and if you do appreciate this show, I'd really appreciate if you can pause and write me a review so I can reach and educate more people with valuable information from the guests I bring in. Thank you. Hi everyone, welcome to my podcast, Life and Money with Christine Tay. My name is Christine Tay. I'm the founder of Tay Financial Coaching, where I help people transform their relationship with money. I am also a LinkedIn coach, helping people with their personal brand on LinkedIn. I also love talking about life and self-growth, since spirituality is an important part of my life. In this podcast, you will hear talks about money, social media, and life. I hope you enjoy the episodes. Please leave a review if you do. I'd really appreciate that. You can check my services and LinkedIn online course by going to my website at www.tefinancialcoaching. That's T-E-H-financialcoaching.com. Thank you. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi. Yeah, how are you? Thank Hi. you for coming on. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Me. Yeah, so this is going to be a really fun topic. We're going to talk about love and money. So, and, and we have here a dating coach. So, why don't you in- first introduce yourself, Elizabeth? What do you do? Sure. Um, my name is Elizabeth Abramson, and I help women find love. And a lot of times I have questions about money that come in. So, I'm happy to answer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. And money is certainly a very important thing when it comes to dating. And I, I think a lot of people just kind of push it off to like, oh, yeah, before when they move in or like when they get married. And then sometimes they don't even talk about finance until they get married. So, yeah. So so tell us more about like when do you feel um people should start talking about finances when they starting to date? Okay. Maybe, do you think they should start talking about finances on the first date? Or like how should you kind of weed that into the conversation? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, So I believe that the first stage of dating is just having fun, enjoying the other person's company, seeing if you get along and all of that. But around the like third month, second or third month, that's when things get a little more serious. So Uh before you go into an exclusive relationship, I think that's the time to have, if you have any like embarrassing money situations, um, you're in debt, you know, you have child support, things like that. That's when you have to have a serious talk and put all your cards on the table as it is. Mm-hmm. So then, um, okay, so so you think about third month and then that's about the time they should start talking about, about that. Yeah. So that way you can kind of see. The, yeah, the end mm-hmm. of the second month, I think, is kind of like when, like they've done a lot of studies. I'm I'm a researcher at heart, so I've like researched everything that I could find on dating and relationships. And they found that if you actually just date and don't start a relationship until the third month, then the relationship is actually a lot stronger because it's built on a friendship. So um, instead of jumping into something like, you know, right away, which as women, we want to do, right? (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. So if you can kind of hold off, like the longer, the better. So having a difficult conversation, like right before the third month is good because that kind of builds up the friendship enough. And then you're not going into a relationship with, you know, something hidden that you're not sure how to talk about. Mm-hmm. Got it. So, so I know you were saying, okay, so what I do have my own definition of what is considered cheap and what's considered frugal. So it's like, when, so when can you say someone is cheap versus a frugal? And then like, um, yeah. So, and then like when it comes to, again, the dates, splitting the bills, like who should pay, like, like <laughs> when should a woman start offering? So yeah. What's your take on all that? Exactly. Okay, so most women are like, I'm going to pay for the first uh, date. and Really? Okay. Yeah, a lot of women are like that that come to me. Um, mm. cause I, I'm on LinkedIn. I have, like, really strong career women who, who want to mm-hmm. do that. And oh, yeah. It's like, you mm-hmm. know, we have to pay more for hair, clothes, facial products. Like, it never ends how much stuff we have to pay for. So getting a free meal is not exactly, you know, the end of the world here. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really do believe that the man should pay at the beginning of Mm -hmm. the first few dates. Um, After a few dates, like, I think women should be able to pitch in for like the tip, you know, um, when you're tipping the person or something like that, or here's a few dollars, like, I think tip is the easiest way to do it. But for the first few dates, like definitely he should be able to pay. And according to research, because researcher, um, men have actually broken up with women because women insist on paying and they think that those women are going to be more dominant and controlling mm. in a relationship. So it's really important if he's going to offer to pay to let him pay. Um, and that won't last forever. So you may as well enjoy it. Once you're in a relationship, then you can definitely split the bill. And leading up to that, you know, in that second month, um, then Mm -hmm. definitely, I think it just gives the money to show that you're not just trying to take as much as you can. And I wouldn't order like the most expensive thing on the menu and also not the cheapest, like kind of in the middle is a good range. Okay. So you're saying that once they're in a relationship, it's okay to split the bill. Like the bill come, I don't know, $80. And then you're like, Oh, do you want to split the bill? Unless he is like, I'll pick it up. Then that's fine. But usually guys are like, uh, you know, we're in a relationship now. We kind of want to split the bill. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's fine by then. And unless the guy wants to insist on paying, then sure. Why not? Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause kind of like for me, it's, it's like going back and forth. So, you know, I pick the bill, the other guy paid the bill. Like yeah, it's yeah. weird to me to go half, like half, but you are doing 50, 50. Cause you're doing, yeah. doing another day. So it, as long as it balances out, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So for your clients, most of them, they prefer to do split half, half, like after, like when they're in a relationship. My clients want to pay on the first date to show that they are strong. Independent oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Because, like, you should career women, they're very independent. Like, oh, I pick up the tab. So, it's like, for me, all the time, first dates, I, I, you know, whether good date or bad date, I let the guy pay because I yeah. feel like I took the time to actually get ready. If it's a good date, yeah, the guy should be paying, right? If it's a bad date, 
I took the time to get ready and so like that. I think the price is still pay because I just wasted my one hour time here. So anyway, that's that was in the dating during the dating time. Yeah. So Exactly. Yes, yes. No, I'm telling you, like we're taking the time, we're putting on perfume, like we do other stuff. We have to pluck our eyebrows. We put in effort here, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So yeah. It's not like, yeah. Yeah, I know. I think I think like I, I also study masculine and feminine energy. So it's like for people women who are very career driven, that's a very masculine energy so masculine energy is about taking charge like hey picking up the tab and stuff like that so it's like so you kind of have to be you know feminine energy is about receiving so receiving accepting deserving so mm -hmm. i think career women tend to be on the driven side they're like oh no i can take care of myself whatever so like, i don't need a guy and stuff like that and then sometimes so it depends on the man you attract right so it's either a more masculine man or more feminine they're like yeah okay whatever or like they they want to pick up the tab as well so you kind of have to get to know yourself what feels good right mm -hmm. so okay so what do you mean by this, how to marry a millionaire? Do you teach your clients to find millionaires? <laughs> well, I've had, I've had two clients who's actually come and told me that they want to marry millionaires, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm like, that's cool. I'm not like one to judge, you know, whatever you want to mm -hmm. do is great. Yeah. Um, so I told them, you know, uh, what you have to do is like any you have to figure out if that's your niche, you know, if that's the type mm -hmm. of guy you want to be with, then you have to be with a bunch of those people. So mm -hmm. what they actually did, because neither of them were working like in a big career. Um, I had mm -hmm. one of them, she decided to work um, as a high-end waitress at a really, really expensive place. So she could meet like a lot of different guys, right? Who are single mm -hmm. millionaires. And then the other one, she sold really, really high-end cars. And that's how she met mm -hmm. like, her husband. So like, you don't have to change how you're acting you know um mm -hmm. like once you get the how you how you act on the dates and stuff that's fine but if you want to marry a millionaire or if you want to marry like you know whatever your niche is if you want to marry somebody who's real into i don't want to say like a dork but you know like that type of nerd cool guy like then you're gonna go comic con and stuff like that so mm -hmm. you want to go into like a where the men are Mm -hmm. so so when when they're targeting millionaire are they targeting do they want a man to take care of themselves financially that's why they're especially targeting millionaires um yeah that was their goal okay okay because even though they're career driven they still they want not. them they, those two are not career driven ah, got it. millionaire driven so <laughs> hey well, whatever works i guess okay works. <laughs> Again, i'm not gonna judge like you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Hey, their job is to find them a man. That's all, right? Yeah, and they, they found matches that make them very happy who are great guys. Mm -hmm. so yeah. Okay. So, so like, okay, when, like, I think we talk about this for a little bit. So should you be financially secure before marriage? So, okay, let's, I guess, let's start talking about, um, like, let me backtrack a little bit. So it's like, you said to talk about finances, maybe two months in. So what if, like... They one person is very good with money and then they doesn't have any debt, whatever. And the other person has debt and stuff like that. So how do you kind of deal with that? Or like if the one, maybe the woman makes a lot more and the man doesn't make a lot more. So like, how have you helped your clients kind of handle the discrepancy? Like one is very good with money, the other one's not, or vice versa. Maybe, you know, like, because there's a lot of cultural aspects, you know, the, the man should be taking care of the woman or whatever. So like, what happens if the woman is more financially responsible, financially better than the man? And what happens if it's the other way? So it's like, how have you helped your clients with those two differences? Yeah. Um, 
it's it's interesting because you do think of the masculine feminine polarity when it's coming to like mm -hmm. yeah um the men and women so if one of them makes a lot more money um like in my experience usually the man is pretty happy about the woman making more money like she thinks it's going to be an issue but it never is hmm. so so it's actually not that that difficult um but you have to find somebody who is understanding in general because it's like that's only one topic and if they can't like if a man is so upset about a woman making more than him he's going to be upset about a lot of other things too he's mm -hmm. going to be upset if she talks more during a conversation or it's it's mm -hmm. kind of like representative of the relationship on a whole i believe why would the man be upset that the woman's making more? Shouldn't he be that's happy? Like, that's she's so usually, right. They're usually very happy that the woman is making more. It's usually not mm -hmm. an issue. So especially mm -hmm. in this day and age. So that's why I'm saying if he's upset about it, then he's going to be upset about other things too. He's usually mm -hmm. more of a controlling type of person. Well, but the woman, if the woman makes more, like what does the woman usually have an issue with that? Like what kind of problems usually arise when the woman is woman wealthier than the man? Yeah. Right. You don't want to have some sort of imbalance where one person is giving the other one like um, an allowance, you know, mm -hmm. that would be hard, I think. Um, like my millionaire women, they kind of have that and that's what they wanted. But for mm. most men, they don't want to have like an allowance. They don't want to have to like tell the woman, you know, I can I borrow the money? Can I use money? So as long as they feel secure in their financial like self, then I think it's a lot easier because then they don't have to rely on the other person. Also, basically, even if the woman's wealthier and the man is not, like there's a discrepancy, as long as they're kind of independent on their own and then like the woman doesn't like, I don't know, became like the provider for the man. <laughs> right. <laughs> like you're not trying to date to provide for someone, right? It's like, right, exactly. <laughs> it's like that's not a partner. Like you become the sugar mama. <laughs> like, <laughs> but then like, but then it feels more acceptable for, for the guy to be a sugar daddy <laughs> the other way around. Like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah i mean if you want that then that's cool um and then you can find somebody and then you look for men who put in their like online profile let's say mm -hmm. i'm looking for mm -hmm. women to take care of me um and then you can kind of get like little hints if you want to be the sugar mama um because they'll say uh i'm looking i want you to tell me where i should take you out like there's a lot of that type of like they kind of want you to take over they want you to take mm -hmm. control in the relationship like right off the bat um, mm -hmm. where should we go what should we do tell me what you know call me instead of me call you so mm. there's a lot of got it got it so if the woman makes more than the man does the woman end up picking up the tab usually or this has never been an issue with no that? it's not, not really an issue at all because as i said the conversation of finances should come maybe mm -hmm. like at the end of the second month so mm -hmm. then when we're talking about finances and picking up the checks and all that, like, then once we do it, it once we're in a relationship, it's usually more 50-50 anyway. Mm, got it, got it. Okay. Yeah. So, um, okay. So now back to that. Okay. So like, there we start talking about their finances and stuff like that. So then what are your take in terms of, okay, one has debt or not? So like, should, is it reasonable to like, for one person who's maybe one's more financially like responsible, they got their crap, they got their finances in order and the other doesn't, you know, then, then is it wise to actually make sure that their person's secure, you know, like, you know, they got their debt 
out of whatever before marriage because once you get married i mean your finances my finance unless you do a prenup then it's pretty much together you kind of carry on the debt of the other person so like yeah. what is your take on that i am big on prenups i think prenups are, yeah are, are i actually like prenups too okay. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. i mean mm -hmm. it's control it, it's like yeah what you have going exactly in. yep yep and then once you're in then it's together right mm -hmm. like you know yeah before that then you have everything set Mm -hmm. um, so I don't think a relationship should have to halt in order because I get a lot of questions about like my my boyfriend is says that he won't get out of student debt for two years. We wait until then to get married. Mm. And it's like, I don't think so. I don't think so at all. As long as you have a plan and as long as both mm -hmm. people are on board on the plan, then it mm -hmm. should be fine and put a prenup in place, of course. But if both mm -hmm. people are like, OK, it's two years because that's what happened with me and my husband like he had student loans from engineering school which is very common and um we're like okay so we're gonna pay it off this amount every month and it will be paid off in a couple of years but we don't have to put our whole lives on hold because of this mm -hmm. okay so so basically so prenup will also kind of say hey your debt is your debt my mm -hmm. debt is mine so i'm not responsible yeah. for your debt as well like 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 creditors can't go after the other person let's say they have a six-figure student loan they're 100k and then whatever and then they split up for some reason so that's still his debt even after the marriage is dissolved another great reason for a prenup yes <laughs> yes i i I'm all for prenup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it might not sound romantic, but I think you know something. You have to be practical. I mean, the intention is always to be with the person forever, but things always happen. There's divorce, so you just can't tell the future. You know, that's why we have insurance. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I, I guess it's kind of like a marriage uh, finances insurance having a prenup. <laughs> I, absolutely, it's yeah. Because I was, I was on an insurance. Um, we didn't talk about prenups, but I was on an insurance podcast talking about like mm -hmm. you know how to be safe in a relationship and all that. And yeah, like I want to make sure my my clients are safe and protected, and you know, so should the women feel safe and protected, and so should men. And a prenup is definitely a way to do that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's talk about living in. So, like, when do you think? They, let's say things are going well when's the right time for two people to live in do you recommend that do you think not should they wait to marry should they have their own separate space before they married or like is living in a good idea because they kind of like really see because then before they get married you can see the person 24 7 you can like see what are your pet peeve between the two of you you might not like the way they do dishes or whatever like all those little things and then um and then yeah so what do you think of that about the living in and also like when they move in like um should they start combining finances like how much serious should the financial talk be when they move in so first of all the first question is that when should should couple move in what's your take on living in and if so like how long will it take them and then what are the financial conversation that needs to happen before moving in okay so what i think the timeline should be and i'll give you this whole thing um but it's mm -hmm. not finance related okay so the timeline in my opinion is you date lots of people for the first three months Okay. Mm -hmm. And then when you find somebody you want to have like a connection with that you feel can go to the next level, that's when you have the relationship talk. Okay. And usually he's like pushing for physicality, right? At this mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. So, so it's good to have the talk like kind of before that, like, Hey, I know you want the physicality and we want to go to the next level, but here's the thing. And then you can talk about the finances. You could talk about anything else that you feel you need to tell mm -hmm. him and he can talk to you. So there should be mm -hmm. like a talk before that. And it doesn't have to be mm -hmm. long and you can prepare it like right before. Like I have to tell you, this is 
I'm in debt because of student loans. And then give him a night to think about it. Like, don't just say, oh, great. Now we're, we understand each other. We can go on because you want him to have some time to think about all this and make a decision. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that will get you to the third month, which is key, right? Okay. Then when you, part of the conversation is also if you want to get married, which most of my clients do. Um, if you don't want to get married, then you don't have to like have this conversation. But if you do, you say, hey, um, I'm the marrying type. And after about a year of dating, if this is going really well, I think we should talk about being uh, engaged and getting married. Okay. So now you've given yourself three months already. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you only need like nine months now, right? To kind of have it because you said about a year, you've done three months of getting, you've done like a lot of the work. Mm -hmm. All that. Okay. So now you're enjoying each other's company you're probably spending the night, you're probably getting to know if he does dishes or not, you're getting to know him, you're in the relationship, you're seeing like, if he's leaving his clothes all around, and you're like evaluating, right? Is this something uh -huh. I can live with? Is this something I can't? Uh -huh. so you have good idea of the person. Uh -huh. so, and it's different if you're still like in school, like that's completely different if you're a 20 year old student. But if you're, you know, an adult, then you kind of have an idea after a while. Uh -huh. So then around the uh the ninth month so three and then you go six months and then nine months so that's three months before the the um marriage thing you can either say hey this isn't working we've evaluated and i can't deal with this right and be out or you can say hey i think this is working in about three months you know a ring would be something that i would be interested mm. in yep yep i think that's reasonable because i think like when you date someone i think you should be able to really figure out especially uh, oh, the older you are by one year oh is this a person i want to be for the rest of my life right mm -hmm. so i think i took too long in my last relationship like it was like seven years but then like we really kind of know but like now mm -hmm. that you're older you can't really waste too much time at least like, you gave it like one whole year at least you know up to a year the maximum to actually figure it out and then it's, it is your you know and it is kind of your choice to kind of figure that out right like do you want to yeah okay so when you move in okay so when what is your take oh, about so move in that's right oh, okay. oh yeah yeah move in. yeah move we kind of went okay okay good <laughs> uh once you're engaged i think that's mm -hmm. a fine time to move in so engaged is with mm. the ring and a date and then you can move in and then it's much easier to plan the wedding when the person's like right there next to you and oh so you're yeah. saying it should be they should be engaged before moving in they I think someone is good mm -hmm. oh what about so what about just living in and then and then then you kind of see how things go and then you can see okay this, I, this person i want to spend the rest of my life with and then you can talk about that All right. um i mean if you if that works for you that's great i feel mm -hmm. that is a waste of like only because i only feel it's a waste of time because i've had so many clients that are like you have come out of seven-year relationships that they have just been, I call them like emotional prisoners because they've just been there, like either waiting for a ring, waiting for a ring, or just not knowing if they should be with the person. Like if it's if it feels easy and right and he's happy and he wants to marry you at some point, and it that's that's the ideal relationship. If there's so much struggle and there's so much conflict, then that's not good. We don't want to feel like there's tons of struggle and conflict and we keep having to fight and fight and fight for this relationship. So it should be pretty smooth sailing, especially at the beginning. I mean, if there's all these issues at the beginning when you're not even married, then that's a, that's a flag. Mm -hmm. So like, okay, so let's talk about like the all the 
the conflict there was a healthy conflict and there was an unhealthy conflict healthy conflict is if both people can sit down and talk about what it is and um that's bothering them and the other person will listen like that's okay and it shouldn't be the same conversation over and over and over like after a certain point you're like okay he's not going to pick up the the dirty laundry like either i live with this or i don't Mm -hmm. and conversations don't have to be that combative either um like i teach people you say i have an issue with this because it makes me feel this and that's it Mm -hmm. that's two sentences you know yeah yeah and i think when you get older you know when you're young everything is a fight you're always fighting and you're always combative with the other person but once you get older you just kind of grow out of it a lot too Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. Okay. Sure the other person listens is really good. Yeah. Okay. So Eric asks, um, "Hi Elizabeth, can you provide an example of a happily married couple handling their finances? And can you also provide an example of an unhappy married couple?" <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. So happily married couple handling their finances. Um, I'm going to tell you about me and my husband, and then I'll tell you about my brother and his wife because we are both in happy marriages, and it, we're different. We're different with the finances. So um, me and my husband are both like, we save, we give money to the kids when they need it. We don't buy anything extravagant for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we're both like that. So that works very well for us because um, if one person like spent, you know, $10,000 on a training program or something like we, the other one might just be like, well, the other one would probably be supportive because we're very supportive, but if this was happening like every month, we'd be like, what the heck is going on? Right. Um, Mm -hmm. But my brother and his wife also very happy and they are, they love spending money, but they make a lot of money. So they don't mind me and my husband make money, but we save, we save for 529s, we save for all this stuff. So if you're compatible with the finances, it makes it a lot easier. Um, So yeah, so my brother and his wife, they're always getting four-star restaurants and all this stuff and hotels, and they love spending money because, you know, they figure, why not? Um, So both of those are good. The unhappily married couples with money I know are ones that, um, like, one person will spend tons of money. Usually she doesn't work. It's usually the woman. She just spends and spends and spends, but sometimes it's the man. Um, And the other one is trying to keep up. And that causes a lot of problems. Um, If the one, if you're off on, you know, one person spending lots of money and then there's not that much money and you're always in debt, that's, that would be an unhappily Mm -hmm. married couple. Mm, Got it. Yeah. I was just about to like (laughs) talk about that one. Like what if they're financially incompatible you know one of yeah. them is a spender one of them is a is a saver or frugal have you seen those kind of couples work out or typically not really they just end up falling apart <laughs> <laughs> i've seen most of them fall apart to be honest with you um but i think the act of listening like if you you have to have respect and listen to the other partner and make compromises and if you can't do that then that's when things fall apart So if Uh you say, hey, look, um, I'm looking at the finance sheet and we're spending way too much. Can we just kind of hone it back? And then the Uh other person's like, but no, I need to buy a boat. Like, that's kind of different. Yeah. Yeah. If if like after some time, like, you know, like that person's not really 
putting the effort, like, to, hey, it bothers the other person. And, oh, I don't care. I'm just going to buy a boat. Like, I mean, this is my money. But it still bothers because then it still indirectly affects the other person, right? So it's like, then, you know, like, over time, that's not going to work if it's like it, you're just not compatible. Because, like, money is it's a big thing. If you're not compatible in that, like, how you spend, how you save, it's just not going to work out over the long run. But for the most part, I just don't see, even with my clients as well, not working out. Yeah. yeah, and I've seen people like use money too. Like, I'm unhappy in the relationship, so I'm gonna go shopping. Mm, yep, that's, that's that's not so good. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. Okay, so so um, okay, so we're talking about the the moving in and stuff. Oh, like let's talk about like combining finances. Like, what are your thoughts on that? When should people combine finances, and should they combine finances, or like, what's yeah. your take in finances when things are getting serious? Um, okay, so there's a couple like trains of thought, like kind of the old fashioned thought is that the woman should have a little bit of side money, just to kind of play with, which mm-hmm. is fine if the other guy kind of agrees to it or whatever, not doesn't know about it. Um, but I think, or, you know, even in the guy, if they just kind of have a little bit of side money, so they can play with it, and then they don't have to feel guilty by, by using the shared money. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you're married, and done the prenup and everything, that's when the finances should be combined. Um, I definitely think that finances should be combined and uh, then you have one pot and you know what's going on. And then if you can both do the the bills and everything together, that would be fantastic. So if you do the prenup and you combine finances, mm-hmm. okay, what exactly do you mean by combining finances? You already did the prenup, so let's say, I don't know. Like, so now you yeah. do a joint bank accounts all of that okay so so it checking Mm -hmm. so basically it's the joint and then you still have your own finances separately then the joint is where you combine it combine it so when you do the um if you have a direct deposit it will go Mm -hmm. down into the joint account so all your paycheck goes to the joint account pretty much irregardless of income i think so unless both partners decide to have like a side Mm, got it got it okay so i mean yeah that works i think for me personally um i prefer to have like a joint wherein like you put 50 50 you know whatever uh whatever that we like uh, agree on what 50 50 and then like then i still have my own money they still have their own money because i really don't want some people like their own yeah i really don't want to think about what our person's buying but at the high level or whatever i i still know that they're they're smart with their money they're not like just you know stupidly spending on other stuff and i'm fine i only need to know high level what you're doing with the money i don't need to do all the details because if you join them you kind of can see all of this and i i really don't want to have the headache that. the joint is just like, like two like yeah of thoughts and I don't exactly exactly so it's like you we have to figure out like what's what's comfortable for some people right because like for me i i'm kind of protective of my money i like to be separate and then the joint is like when we do the 50 50 um on there and then like wherever the agreement is that will fund for like whatever all the fun activities and you know like trips and everything so that way you kind of like hey you know like yeah 50 50 and then we we equally contribute there we're both partners right that sounds good okay so eric eric well that's what worked for me anyway so eric is asking again have you recommended relationship books or courses to help your clients and then he corrected that means clients so what kind of relationship books or courses do you have to help clients regarding money and dating i don't don't think there are any with money and dating or if there is oh maybe maybe i should write one yeah write one on money yeah. I'm sure there probably are, but yeah, I don't yeah. really have uh, courses that help with that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Or classes, you know, I don't okay. have any. Oops. Yeah. Sorry, Eric. So I think like, <laughs> so I, I think like, um, probably has something. <laughs> well, you can reach out to me or to uh, Elizabeth if you want to talk more about that. Yeah. But yeah. Send, yes, and send me a text on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually, you know what? I, I will tag you so that way you'll be tagged there, so people can connect with you. If not, yeah. So, so basically, I think Eric. I think end of the day, it's like you have to really get to know the other person and what really works between the two of you. Just like with anything, money is just one of the issue or topic you talk about in a relationship. What you negotiate, what works and what not, and it's about really knowing yourself what makes you happy and how you communicate in, in a loving way or whatever. And then you kind of allow the other person's space to make the changes or not. And if they don't make the change, if you're not happy with that, then you either accept it or you don't, or you have to communicate again, this is not going to work for me. Then you kind of move on. Yeah. So that's kind of my take. Yeah. It's, okay. It's hard once you're in the marriage, like that is then really. That's why I make sure you, yeah. you, you know, sure everything. You that, one, bit, yeah. that one year you interrogate the crap out of it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> make sure you have all that list. We interrogate. You can ask all the questions. <laughs> you don't, you don't have to do it like locally either. You'll kind of figure it out. You know? Yeah, I know. I know. I, I'm just joking with the interrogation. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. You make sure you, you, you make use of the quality time for that one yeah, year after one year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Person so okay, so what is your take on marriage? Okay, so it's like, what is the financial, um, I guess, benefit of marriage or then or not getting married? So it's like, like, what is the financial and non financial benefit of getting married? And then what's your take on that? Should people get married or not? I mean, it's hard to balance the finances because once you have kids, like there goes your finances, right? So, um, but marriage itself, you actually, I think, make more money because you're now combined um, where you live. So the rent payments are now cut in half, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Every month. So I think financially, um, people save once they get married. And they, mm. uh, they don't go out all the time. They're cooking at home more. Oh, so because, of the people, kid, because of the kids, right? Right. Yeah. Well, before the kids, you know. But it's just yeah. like once you're when you're single, you're going out with your friends like all the time with for drinks. You know, once you're married, mm -hmm. you're you're home and you're making dinners and stuff. So it's oh, you're saying that people get bored. You say people get bored, like boring couple and stay home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's like they, they don't want to go out anymore. Married, once right? they, get they get tired of going out every single night. <laughs> also, you're saying once people get married, typically your clients, they just end up staying home and end up cooking and then not yeah. really going out. <laughs> All right. I don't know about that. Maybe I shouldn't get married. I'm not going out. <laughs> just kidding. As long as you're not going out, that's all good. But yeah. Especially men. Though. Men are like, oh, no, if I get married, I lose all my money. But men have to pay for all the dates, right? So they're mm. paying, like, so much for dates. And then the when they get married, they stop paying now for two meals, you know, a couple nights a week. Plus, their rent is cut in half. So I don't understand why men keep saying that like financially it's not good for them to get married when it unless there's children it, it's a it's a financial deal yeah because then when you live together i mean everything split you can split something with utilities and you can kind of like it can help out that, yeah. yeah 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 i don't know it depends on the guy okay so so elizabeth so what tell, tell us more about what kind of programs you have to help people when it comes to dating and then and then you can share with people how how can people find you or what other, what are last minute advice do you have about when it comes to dating and finances? Um, okay. So I, um, people can find me on LinkedIn at Elizabeth Abramson dating. I, I just, I thought of this really funny story that, that I thought I would tell mm -hmm. you. Um, yeah. So 
when my husband met me, he like picked me up in this, it was like the oldest falling apart purple car I've ever seen. Like mm-hmm. it was just like a complete junk car. <laughs> oh, but that, that, didn't, that didn't turn oh, you yeah, off? That's what it's called. I know. And no, it didn't. And he said <laughs> that it turned off like every other woman. Like they wouldn't go on a second date with him because of this. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care. Like you picked me up. Like it runs. Like I'm perfectly happy. And he picked up the, the uh, check at dinner, right? So I'm like, he's not cheap. Um, He's frugal. And I realized mm-hmm. he's saving up money for, you know, to buy a house. And he's not going to spend the money on a car. So, okay. so that's, you know, it's interesting. <laughs> because, I, like, the cars yeah, and yeah. stuff, it tells you. It, they, they're all hints on yeah, how yeah. to spend money. And my, my brother has, like, uh, he keeps leasing most very expensive cars. So that gives you a hint on, like, how his priorities with money is. Mm-hmm. So, so a lot yeah. of times the car will tell you. Yeah, yeah, no, or like they have, they like flashy things. Like even with women, like you can you can kind of tell they're high maintenance. Like oh yeah, they have branded clothes, like Gucci bags, and then like whatever, like all expensive, whatever. So it's like it's up to the guys. Like oh, are they do they want that type of thing, right? Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. My my brother's wife has all that stuff, you know, and mm-hmm. like I don't. So there you go. Mm-hmm. It kind of tells you right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How's that working out within your brother and? Oh, they're doing great. <laughs> they're very very happy. <laughs> All right, so so how can yeah how can people find you? So, so LinkedIn, LinkedIn. So what program? Okay, and um, what programs do you have right now? Okay. okay, so so I'm an Elizabeth Abramson dating coach. Um, mm-hmm. My program is eight hundred dollars a month for one on one. I really and I, I I do women. I help women. I don't help men, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. I can if you reach out, I'll tell you good men to go to. Um, yeah. So I help women on LinkedIn. You can find me. If you, um, because we're on LinkedIn, right? Um, So if you, um, so I do one-on-one, 800 a month, but I'm not taking that many clients because of COVID. Like my whole program is I really want people to go out and meet people. Like I love the offline, like go outside, meet people, but you can't do that now because of COVID. Um, But I can still give you a ton of hints. I'm giving out a lot of free advice recently. So about, you know, which dating things to go on to, where to find people through that. Um, Mm -hmm. I really would love to do a membership program um, after COVID. So Mm -hmm. for a much cheaper amount. So if you're interested in doing less amount um, Mm -hmm. in the future after COVID, like definitely talk to me and I'm going to try to do that. Yeah. So I like your pricing, straight pricing, $800 a month. So that's once a week, right? So what else is included? One-on-one coaching once a week. And do they get like text messaging in between? Like what else? You know what? Um, I don't even have to talk to you one, uh, like once a week. I don't, I don't see the point of that. Like I'm there on email, like constantly. So they can email me their questions and I email them right back. This guy said this, what do I do? Or text me and I will text them right back. Um, Got it. Okay. Yep. Yep. Got it. Because it's much quicker and I'm here for you. You know, yeah. So once a week phone call, like, I don't know, like it's easier to do it. I think on, I mean, I can talk to you once a week, um, you know, just once a week for, um, but you know, a lot of times the guy is texting you right now and you want to know what to yeah, say. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, no, you need it right there. It's like, hey, what should I do? Oh, my what God, look, yeah. I'm going crazy. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> All right. What do you so, mean? 
<laughs> All right, Alyssa, this is such a fun topic. I really appreciate you coming in. So, like, just just hang tight, and then um, yeah, thank you everyone for joining. So just just stay on, and then um, we can chat for a little bit after. So thank you so much, everyone. And then Eric, say thank you. You're welcome, Eric. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to my podcast episode. Please feel free to leave a review and follow me on LinkedIn. You can find me by my full name, Christine Tay. That's T-E-H. I am also on Instagram and YouTube under my company name, Tay Financial Coaching. You can check my services and LinkedIn online course by going to my website at www.tayfinancialcoaching.com. I will see you on the next episode. Thank you.